0: My company's going remote because of COVID. How do we transition our culture over? Do your analysis in isolation, because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. Good experience pays dividends down the line. Here's a breakdown in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, host of We're Only Human. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different, trying out a new format for a, a little series we're doing here around things like careers, Q&A, answering questions from the audience, so trying to tackle some of those things that are uh, coming in pretty regularly. And uh, so I, I respond to a lot of things via email. And one of my one of my lifetime rules is if I see a question three times, it's worth sharing publicly, sharing more broadly. And so some of the questions and things we're that are coming across. I've goodness, I answered this question yesterday. I want to answer it tomorrow, probably. So let's answer it in a broader fashion, not just a quick email text response, but a broader fashion, and then share that with everybody else. So that's the format we're going to be doing here answering some questions, tackling some things that are coming, coming in, helping people that are dealing with a lot of different things right now. So I'm excited about this. It's going to be, again, a series running in the midst of the normal podcast episodes that are going to be coming out on a regular basis. So we'll be splicing these in so you can catch some of this, adding a little different flavor to that. So if you like the interview style, you like the format where the guests come on, I get to grill them and ask them a lot of questions on your behalf, on my behalf, then those are going to continue. Don't you worry. But I want to try this out because there are so many good podcasts in HR, but none supporting this very clear need. And what's interesting is I listen to a lot of things in business, and in marketing and in leadership and those things are all great and broad and generic for our perspectives as hr leaders and talent leaders and learning leaders but they don't dig into those things that we might need more specifically so i'm excited to dive into this the quote of today is this by khalil Gibran: work is love made visible and if you cannot work with love but only with distaste It is better that you should leave your work and go sit at the gate of the temple and take alms from those who work with joy. For if you bake bread with indifference, you bake a bitter bread that feeds but half man's hunger. And if you grudge the crushing of the grapes, your grudge distills a poison in the wine. And if you sing as though angels and love not the singing, you muffle man's ears to the voices of the day and voices of the night. I love that quote. Again, that's Khalil Gibran. I love that quote because transparently I love what I do. I'm thankful every day I get up and get to do something that, that excites me and I feel brings purpose to my life and brings purpose and value to a lot of people out there in the world, including you, if you're listening to this. I, My hope, though, is that you can say the same, that you can say that the work you do does bring you joy. Is every day perfect? Probably not, right? Every day's not perfect for me. Are there things that you don't enjoy you have to do in the middle of all that? Yes, sure. That's a part of life. But... One of the things I was telling someone recently, I had a chance to mentor, I'm I'm, uh, mentoring a lady that's transitioning from recruiting into HR, and she's looking for advice and support, I'm trying to give her what I can based on my perspective of the world. And she said, I just don't know, don't feel like there's room for me. And I said, there's always room in the world for people that are passionate about what they do. The world somehow makes room for those people. So if you're one of those people that's really passionate, there is room for you. Don't you worry. So the show today, we're gonna to dive into three questions. Number one, we're going remote because of COVID. How do we handle that culture transition? Great question, I'm getting that a lot. So I'm gonna knock out a lot of questions that people are sending in around that conversation of remote work, uh, culture, things like that. Number two, we're a small firm looking for new payroll tech. It is so confusing, please help. And with nine exclamation points on the please help. We'll talk about technology a little bit. That's one of the things I get to do every day in my work at Lighthouse Research. And so I'm excited to talk through that. And then, last, the question we're going to tackle for a wrap up today is how do I leave a toxic workplace? How do I get out of there? So, thank you to those of you that sent questions. You can send yours in if you have something. And again, you're listening through the discussion today. You can send this in. I'll make sure and give it at the end as well. But, questions at upstarthr.com, you can send in an email question to questions at upstarthr.com, or if you want to record a voice, a little audio message, you can do that on your phone, on your mobile device. That one, is just go to upstarthr.com question. That's upstarthr.com question, and you can leave an audio question there, and it will come straight to me. We'll try to weave those in as we're going along. I'm hoping to feature some of those coming up soon just to add, again, a little personality, a little touch to some of the questions that are coming in, make them a little more human for us. So let's go ahead and dive into these things. Number one, Amrutha says, we are going to be a remote company after COVID. You are not alone. I'm mean, watching the headlines Amrutha and lots of companies are making that transition. The ones that can, some companies obviously can't do that because they require a physical presence, but for the ones that have some flexibility, they're thinking pretty seriously about the idea of going remote and what that takes. Her question, though, is how do I communicate our culture for remote hires? And that is a tremendous question. That's really great. So let's dive into that. Let's talk about that piece a little bit. If you're going to be remote how do you handle the culture piece first of all if you are one of those companies that's thinking about that you've gone remote you're thinking about whether to stay that way you're trying to understand those different nuances and everything else on the lighthouse research and advisory blog about a month ago i actually published this meta-analysis of 10 different research studies and if that sounds really nerdy and painful to go through don't worry it's it's not dry and academic I take a look through the perspective of you as an individual worker what that looks like for you and what that looks like from a company perspective how to think about that all right a couple different things I, that i cited in there for example were microsoft's new research that looks at your mental they looked they did an mri of someone that's going through a zoom meeting <laughs> through a video conference call and they found that at a certain point in time which is about 40 minutes if you're curious your brain your attention your focus all that just drops off the chart just dives If any of you are going through those days where you have seemingly endless calls or your kids are in virtual school that's lasting six hours a day, guess what? They're not getting those out of that and we can tell now with some actual data. Um, One of the other studies, though, that was a fun fact for you. One of the other studies I talked about in there that I I ran across that was really intriguing looked at uh, some of the data from companies in the last few years that have gone remote, have transitioned to a more remote environment. What they found was if a company had a, a, core hub or set of employees that worked in a physical space and the rest of the workers were out spread out remote the people who were remote felt disconnected from the company not just physically but like emotionally disconnected from the company because they were not part of the quote-unquote in group they were out there by themselves like islands and so a good thing could be potentially if a company is going fully remote If a company said, hey, we are closing the headquarters, we're pushing everybody out, they can work from their home office, they can go to a co-working space, they can work wherever they want to because they're not coming into a main location anymore, it could reset that. Hit the reset button on how that feels to be connected or not to the company. And if everyone is remote, guess what? Everyone's going to feel the same amount of connectedness, and then you can approach that from that perspective it's much harder when you have pockets of people some people might be in a location this little group meets together face to face but the rest of your people are separate that makes it really hard to tailor that and support them in certain ways so having them more having that for this company for am ruth's company we're going remote there's a couple ideas for you based on that research piece again if you're curious that full thing is what 10 plus studies tell us about a post-covid workplace i'll get that in the show notes so we have that there Amruta. The rest of your question, though, is how do I communicate our culture for remote hires? Communicating culture is this thing that companies often do a really poor job of, frankly. And I'll admit, I've done that poorly in the past, but I've learned my lessons, and I've done, I learned a trick that worked for us, and so I'm going to share that with you now. The trick is, don't talk about culture in terms of fluffy, amorphous terms that no one understands, or that everyone thinks they understand, but really no one agrees on. So if you say something like honesty is our culture well, someone's like, i'm going to be brutally honest and tell you something that even hurts your feelings i don't care and other people are like i'll tell you that the truth but if it's something that, that might make you upset i'm just going to shy away from that all right so honesty means something differently for different people so instead of talking about it in these terms that are and i use honesty because it's one of those things we think is black and white it's very specific we know the answer we don't know the answer it is or it isn't and even that can be gray and that's much less something more broad or vague, like a fine working environment, which again, everyone might think a different thing about. The thing you've got to start doing, instead of talking about culture in terms of those fluffy terms, is to talk about it in terms of behaviors. If you use a term, for example, one of the last companies I worked for in HR capacity, amazing company, we had a phenomenal culture, and that all was rooted in the core values that we all believed in and supported from every level of the company not just the leaders spouting that, not just me as HR repeating it like a parrot, but all of our employees could tell you, a couple of them, not all of them, a couple of them, the core values because they found one that mattered the most to them, they latched onto it. So we had these core values. And the most important thing though was actually looking at the behaviors. How do we know what matters? Let's look at behaviors and let's explain what those look like. So I used to choose these things, these stories that I called our legends. Our culture legends in the company. And I'm going to talk about Bo really quick. So, our number one core value as a company was on time delivery, on time every time. Without fail, that was a requirement. That was like our ultimate pass fail mark as a company. And one of the reasons for that being our number one was one of our big customers we served was the special operations community in the military. And so, these individuals are running missions, things like that, and their actual requirement or their motto is. On time, plus or minus 30 seconds. So they've got a really tight window to be considered accurate for their work. So when we are supporting them, we're building a product, we're doing services, we're doing any training, things like that. When we're supporting them, we had to be on time. If we were six weeks behind on delivery, are they going to be on time, plus or minus 30 seconds? Absolutely not. So we had to keep those things in mind as we're figuring out how to solve that. So going back to Bo. So Bo was the story I used to tell. Bo was a story I used to tell when I was trying to explain to a new hire what it meant to be on time at our company. Because I didn't want them to hear on time. Okay, well, it's nice for us to be timely and punctual. No, that's not enough. <laughs> that's not hardcore enough for us. So Bo's story, he had worked with this customer, one of our engineers. He'd worked with this customer for several months building out this simulator that trained pilots on how to fly an aircraft, which is just as cool as it sounds. It was an incredible piece of work. And he had the customer come up, they had signed off, everything was perfect. When they came and tested it out at the office, they took it apart, packed it up, took it back to their location a couple of hours away. Inevitably, when they set it up, it did not work. They plugged it in, it would not turn on, wouldn't do the right things. So they called Bo, hey, it's Friday afternoon, I know it's late, but we have to have this up and running on Monday morning. We have couple hundred students that are going to start churning through this thing next week starts test week and we need this thing working bo's boss was gone for the day the ceo had already gone home for the weekend so bo got in his car and drove down there to the customer site and he spent all night friday night with them working on it until the wee hours of the morning saturday and finally got it solved sorted fixed repaired monday morning they were ready to go but monday morning when bo showed up for work his boss said, hey, the customer called me this morning. Their students are taking this. What happened? What's going on? They were so thankful for you, but I don't even know what happened. And he had to tell them, like, hey, I you know, spent the weekend there, and so on. That story, though, became the example I gave, because it didn't just say we believe in being on time, but it was about showing the actual behaviors. Here's what it takes. Here's as high of a standard as we'll put out there on what it takes to be on time, how much effort we can put into this. and. Basically saying, within the ethical bounds of work, the moral bounds of work, there's no distance you can go that's too far for that. All right. So that's an example. One other thing I'll say though, the reason I didn't just use terms or say, it's important to be on time, right? Those things, there's actual research that shows we remember things, if it's wrapped in a story, better than if it's just a series of facts or a bunch of numbers or someone's opinion so wrapping that in the story helped make that one and all the other examples of our corporate legends our stories our employees who did these things and lived them out and lived out those behaviors that we we're looking for that was a way that i was using for even if someone again wasn't starting in our home office they were starting somewhere 500 miles away i could tell them that story and they would understand okay being on time is not just a nice to have it is the critical differentiator for who we are as a company because we worked in a space honestly that was pretty familiar pretty comfortable with slipping schedules and being late and just making excuses for those kind of things and that was not something we were okay with as a company and our leadership hammered that home every chance they got so i'm Ruth, there's an example for you make it about behaviors talk about behaviors for your remote hires the things that you're looking for as a company whatever your values are get past those buzzwords and get into behaviors and examples Look for examples of employees. If you don't have those examples at your fingertips, guess what? You can actually do a quick survey of your existing employees. If you wanna use a tool like Google Forms, it's absolutely free. I know Microsoft Teams has some capabilities there. It's free if you're using those. Do a quick survey of your people saying, these are our core values. Tell me a story about when you did one of these things or when one of your peers did one of these things. Give them a chance to tell on their peers in a good way, to recognize them for doing something good. And you can just, you can have fun with that. You can do a lot of good things with that. But you can also use those stories to highlight those values, the culture for those remote hires you're bringing in. And don't wait until they're hires. Goodness, start telling them when they're candidates. Start telling them in your recruitment communications, your marketing communications from a recruiting perspective. When you're posting a job, tell a story about someone who's done those things make people feel connected to that culture before you ever have a conversation with them or interview or before you offer them a job. That's a piece of that for sure. Okay, great, great question, Amruta. Number two here, let's tackle this one for Nicole. She said, let's go Let's go in the technology direction. So she said, we 150 employees, were just moving over into our first payroll solution. We've been using a PEO, which if you're not familiar, for if you haven't heard of that, it's basically a company that you can partner with to help hire and pay and manage your employees so that you don't have to have a full-time payroll person and a full-time benefits person and a full-time yada supporting them. You can use a PEO to help you handle some of those things if you're really small and you don't have that bandwidth to do it. But they got to the point where they said, hey, we want to move off the PEO, have a little more hands-on approach. We want to buy some payroll technology to help us with this 150 employees. This question is actually harder to answer than that first one, or, than, or the last one that's going to come up after this, because the challenge is I don't know a lot of details about her company. I don't know if they are at 150 employees, they've been there for 10 years, they'll be there for 10 more years, if they're static in their growth, if they're at 150 on their way to 900 because they're acquiring a new company next month, or they're growing quickly, or their space is really hot right now. There's lots of things in there that I don't know. I do not know what kind of industry they're in. What other kind of requirements they might have that might push them one way or the other? Just knowing what I'm hearing here, we're at 150 people. Let's assume they're going to stay at that that, that size for a while. This is their first leap into a new piece of technology. They've never done before. They're going off of that. A couple different things. Uh, a couple of different examples of companies that serve that small market really well. Bamboo HR does a good job there. People Guru does a good job. You might look at a Paycom. Velocity, right? Those companies serve that small end of the market really well. Now, if you're you know, 500, 1,000, 2,000, that starts to change that conversation. That starts you start to outgrow some of those solutions that might be really oriented at that smaller end of the market, and you start to need some more flexibility than they can give you. That doesn't mean any of those companies I just mentioned are bad, or wrong, or don't do a good job. That just means that as you change and grow as a company, you start to grow new needs for things like recruiting technology or growing into a need for some learning tools to help you manage the learning of your entire organization. So that's one piece of that puzzle. That's one thing to keep, keep in mind, is as you're growing, as you're changing, your needs will change and that's just a part of this. Any decision you make, it feels very permanent. Right? It feels like you're locking things in forever. But the truth is, those things can change. You can move away if you get to pick a system that's not amazing. And these questions are really complex. So when someone posts on the Facebook group, hey, who's the best payroll solution? Goodness there's so many factors there it's really hard to to dig into that in and uh just a q a like that's that's why there's work like people like, like i do where we actually help you figure out which ones what's out there what's available what's available what their capabilities are how that meshes with your budget and also your needs from a company perspective those kinds of things um, do they does their payroll work if you have employees who are working in you know London and other parts of the world, does your your payroll work if you're based here in the United States? So again, lots of different nuances there, variability. If you want to talk more on the technology side, if you're curious about that, if you heard that and you're like, I want to dig deeper into that, please ping me, shoot a question in. I'd love to talk more on the tech stuff just because it's what I get to do every day. I run a live stream show every week called HR Tech Talks. I love digging into what's happening on the technology side and looking more deeply at how that can help us to serve our people in a better way. And our last question for today is, how do you resign from a toxic workplace? I'd say the first thing you do is you set fire to your desk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Please don't take me up on that one. The reason for this question, there's a couple different pieces to this one, and it's really hard to, again, untangle without knowing some more of the details. One of the things I would say is one issue is when we're in HR, sometimes it feels hard to resign because we are an integral part of how the business works. And I would say to you, think back to that quote that I gave you earlier. If you're not doing work that you love in a place that you enjoy or working with people that help you bring out the best that you have to offer, then it might be time for you to think about going somewhere else, looking for another place, looking for another opportunity to work at a place that does fit who you are and what you wanna do and who you wanna be from a work perspective. That said, if you wanna resign from a toxic workplace, keep a couple things in mind. Treat people like you wanna be treated. If you're a manager and someone's gonna resign, you'd want them to give you a notice. Toxic workplace, that might be code for, these people are jerks and they're gonna fire me the minute I tell them I wanna leave. That may be the case. What you need to do is be aware of how they've handled this in the past. If you saw someone in another team turn in their notice last month and the next day their desk was cleaned out, they were gone, that may happen to you. And if you need to be prepared for that, have your things together, have all the pictures off your hard drive or whatever else you need to do to make sure that a family picture or stuff like that, make sure you have those things downloaded so that you're ready to go in case they do say you're done. That happened to me in a previous company and it it really hurt actually because I had turned in my notice but I had several projects ongoing. And my commitment was, hey, I'm gonna actually work a three week notice. Plenty of time for you to find someone else. I'm gonna actually work and finish these two projects I'm I'm doing. Make sure the customer's not hanging, make sure you're not left on the lurch. I'm gonna support this through the very end. And the manager's okay, no, no problem, that's just fine. Three hours later that evening, that Friday night, I got a note saying my email couldn't connect to the server. Okay, they've locked me out and I'm done, right? that hurts but if you've seen them do that to other people you should expect that i would plan for the best i'm sorry i would hope for the best i would hope they would give you a chance to work that out I hope they would give you a chance to do the professional thing finish your opportunity there at the company before you move on hope for the best but plan for the worst plan for them to to kick you out immediately if it is a again an example or the the question that we got here from Maria is toxic workplace and toxic could mean a lot of things if that's part of what you mean then I would be watching out for that. There's a lot of nuance there, but I do wish you the best, Maria. I hope that you can get out of there. I hope you can get to a company that does appreciate you for who you are, for what you bring to the table, for your capabilities, your strengths, your values, your dreams, your passions, those things that you bring that no one else can do just like you. So thank you, Maria, Nicole, and martha Thank you for your questions. For those of you listening again, if you're like, hey, I want to ask a question too, please do it. I'd love to have your, your question featured here. It can be anonymous if you prefer that. There'll be a link in the show notes for you to submit your questions. You can visit upstarthr.com listen if you wanna do the voice note, or you can send an email to questions at upstarthr.com. And we'll look at getting that into an upcoming episode in this series. We've got a couple more episodes already planned out. We're gonna be answering some of these questions, helping you out, giving you some inspiration, some encouragement. It is a, a tough time some in some ways in this space i'm thankful that i've seen the unemployment rate continue to drop down i'm seeing more stories of people that are getting work getting back into the workplace i'm so excited to see every time uh, one of those notifications pops up or a friend says hey i've got a job let's celebrate together i'm so excited to see those i know there's still some way to go for sure if you're not at work right now and you're trying to get back into the workplace again pop your question in let's bring some the value of this community let's bring some ideas to you try to help you in that journey until next time i want you to remember that you have value you're unique and the community needs you to be who you are and to do what you do best we want you to perform in your zone of genius where you're better than anyone else thank you for your time and i will catch you next time thank you so much for joining me on the show today i'm honored to have you as a listener If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit onlyhumanshow.com.